DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, presents The Daily Prayer of Discernment, The Examined Prayer, with Father Timothy Gallagher. Father Gallagher was ordained in 1979 as a member of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. He obtained his doctorate from the Gregorian University, and he has dedicated many years to an extensive ministry of retreats, spiritual direction, and teaching about the spiritual life. Father Gallagher is the author of seven books published by the Crossroad Publishing Company on the spiritual teaching of St. Ignatius of Loyola and the life of Venerable Bruno Lanteri, founder of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. Father Gallagher is featured on the EWTN series, Living the Discerning Life, the spiritual teachings of St. Ignatius of Loyola. The Daily Prayer of Discernment, the Examine Prayer, with Father Timothy Gallagher. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Welcome back, Father Gallagher. Thank you, Chris. We were talking about forgiveness, that important fourth step. Could you help us to understand it even more deeply? Well, everything in the first three steps leads to this point when we see how how deeply we've been loved in the course of the day in that first step of gratitude and looking concretely at God's gifts. And then in the second step of petition, seeking the Lord's help in order to be able to review, which is step three, the uh, spiritual experience of the day in a way that really shows us its truth and and um, shows us where God is uh, in that experience. Well, inevitably, then we're going to face the fact that we missed some things and didn't respond to some things and didn't reject some of the enemy's discouraging uh, temptations. And that leads us to this very sensitive space of step four. And we said this last time, I really think here, more than anywhere else in the examine, we really need to approach this sensitively because asking God's forgiveness touches very deep places in our hearts. I think the order of the steps, um, the wisdom of that order becomes apparent at this point because for St. Ignatius, we never approach our own need to ask God's forgiveness to bring our own failures where we were less than we would have wished to be in to the Lord until first we know that we are infinitely deeply loved. And that's the first step of the examine. Sometimes I think of it, and this is sort of a simple way to, to um, describe it. If we think of a young child, grammar school age, who gets into some kind of trouble at school and uh, is at fault and is made to be aware of that. And word gets back to the child's mother at home. And now the child uh, reaches home and is about to enter the house uh, with some trepidation, uh, obviously. And as the child walks through the door, there, let's say, she encounters her mother. And her mother doesn't say anything. And before she does say anything, simply approaches her child, whose nervousness she can see, and simply gives this child a a big hug, a very warm hug, and says, I love you. At that point, now the child can speak about anything. And that's that's the dynamic of the examine, which is why that first step is so important. And it's the preceding steps, really, that make the fourth step possible in in a way that I would call Christian, that is, that's really centered on meeting Jesus which is um, always a joyful thing in the Gospels whenever people seek the Lord's forgiveness. Now, probably a way of making this as concrete as I can would be, again, to just share some personal um, examples 
which are admittedly very, very ordinary small things, but that's really where the examine is most powerful. Uh, one time when I was provincial, early on in my years as provincial in our community, I had been away for a trip and returned and uh, walked into the office area, maybe four or five offices where we had our provincial administration. And the priest who was working with me uh, was there, and uh, when he realized I was there, came out and had something he very much wanted to show me. His office was next to mine, and he had done some adjustments to it, some changes to it while I'd been away during those weeks, and very much uh, wanted me to see them. Obviously, very, very happy with the way the renovation of that office had gone. And he really was very good at this kind of thing. And so I walked into his office next to mine and instantly realized that the change was going to impact my office uh, in the sense that it was going to be noisier now, the way things had been moved around. And I'm sure there was some self-centeredness in that immediate response, but there was also an apostolic reason because I had a lot of meetings with people in that room. And so a certain um, contemplative quality to it had its importance. But suddenly I was placed in this situation in which my fellow priest is looking to see what I'm going to say, how I'm going to react to something that he's done and is is um, deservedly, I'd say, very, very pleased with. And in my heart, there's a reservation. I'm not entirely happy with this because of at least one of the side effects of this. And why didn't somebody talk to me before they did this and so on? Uh-huh. And so here's what I did. I very warmly congratulated him on the fine job that he'd done and then stuck in a fumbling sort of way a little bit of a tail on that. And I, to be honest, I don't even know if he understood exactly what I was saying because I fumbled with it a bit. But if it, were, it was at all clear, it was a very gently expl- expressed complaint, you know, that this was going to change things for my office and why didn't somebody speak with me first and the rest of it. Now, that's all that incident was. Later in the day came the time for the examine. And I found myself dwelling on that moment because I wasn't entirely happy with it. I I knew that if I had really just responded, I would say fully in a gospel way, I would have just delighted with him in the good job that he'd done and confirmed that for him. That little bit of a fumbling tale that I put on there was a compromise in some sense with what could have been simply uh, a happy response of... um, sharing in a good thing that was done. And then as I thought about that during the exam, something became apparent to me really for the first time ever in praying the exam. It dawned on me that I had several choices now. I could, if I wished, just say, look, what are you worrying about? This is such a small thing. He probably didn't even notice what you tacked on to your response. Get on with the day. There are many more important things than this. Or I could simply just try to ignore it. You know, life's too busy. and, and um, Or you just say, well, all right, that's the way it went. You just carry that and get on with life. And it dawned on me that these are the options that a secular world offers when our hearts are heavy with some sense of failure. Either just get on with life, just ignore it, don't make a big deal about it, you know, watch a video, whatever it might be. And then it dawned on me that there's another choice, and that is to turn to the Lord and to ask his forgiveness. And the moment that I did that, I found my heart lifting. 
in Ignatian terms, uh, a very warm spiritual consolation came into my heart as it dawned on me that I don't have to just carry these burdens in my heart. I don't just have to try to ignore them, but I can bring them to the Lord Jesus and they can be lifted and taken away from my heart and peace restored. And that's what we mean by forgiveness. And I would say that that was the first time in uh, some years of, of um, praying the examine that I consciously realized the power of that fourth step in praying the examine. Uh, here's another thing which is also kind of a small thing, but these are, again, um, it seems to me that this is where we really learn the examine, beyond the kind of considerations that we can give here which are necessary so that we know what the prayer is about. It's the experience of praying it that really brings it home. Uh, this was overseas. I was visiting with another community for a while. And there was one member in the community who had various disabilities, good sense of humor, good person, but was difficult in some ways. And I suspect that the various members of the community who lived there um, with this man were, were well aware of those, of those limitations. One evening we were together at supper and maybe four or five people at one of the small tables in the dining room and it got toward the end of the meal and people began to excuse themselves and get up and go on about their business. It wound up that just I and this other uh, man were together at the table and he just, without thinking I think, um, just said this. He said, my whole life, with a sigh as it were, my whole life has been people saying that they have to go. And that really hit home. Another evening, we were a group of us sitting around a room together just talking as the uh, meal was getting closer. And the way the room was set up probably wasn't the best. If you turned to talk to the person on one side of you, you had to turn your back almost to the person on the other side of you. Um, and this particular man was on one side of me and another whom I found much easier to talk to was on the other side. And that particular evening, uh, knowing that this wasn't entirely right, I uh, simply turned toward the one I found easier and spent the entirety of that time speaking with him. Well, it came time for the examine. And that moment came back to me. This, this, by the way, is what we mean by step three in the examine, when we review the spiritual experience of the day. There was an event, it left just a little light taste of heaviness somewhere in my heart. I knew that really wasn't right. And that's, that's one example, I would say, of the kinds of things that we really want to look at when we pray the daily examine. And when I saw that, um, I knew I needed to ask the Lord's forgiveness, and did. And so that was another experience of the need for and the value of step four in praying the examine. And I resolved that I, I didn't want to let that happen again. Um, and that I was going to try my best to reach out and to really love in the Lord Jesus this particular person. And, and I did. In uh, subsequent times when we were together in those same settings, I would consciously, if, if the flow of interaction permitted it, would choose to turn toward him. And uh, I watched over the days as we did this, something change in the relationship that I had with this, with this man. It became warm. 
I became closer, and then, to my astonishment, I, I noticed that some others were doing something similar as well. When it came time to um, part from the time I spent in that community, the parting with this particular man was warm in a way that still stays with me and I'm very grateful for. But those are the kinds of things, I think, that come into our lives if we begin to pray this examine prayer. I'll keep saying this. When I see things like that happen because I've taken the time to pray the examine, I begin to realize why Ignatius says he really can't conceive of a spiritual life without this kind of prayer in which we review spiritual experience and, in this case, ask the Lord's forgiveness. Now, before we leave this uh, fourth step, I want to read and uh, say just a very little bit about a poem by the 17th century Anglican uh, metaphysical poet, as he's called, George Herbert. And this poem is entitled Simply Love. George Herbert is uh, a wonderful um, spiritual figure and writes lovely poetry about spiritual experience. This particular poem, Love, first came to my attention when a woman told me some years ago that for 20 years in her life, which were very, very dark years for her, this was the only thing, the only text that spoke to her heart of God's love. Well, after I heard that, I obviously oh. wanted to know what this poem had to say and realized why she was so attracted to it as I got to know it better. So here's the, the beginning of it. Love, every time Herbert uses the word love, it's always with a capital L. It's obviously stands for God every time he uses it. And what he's describing is the dialogue or the back and forth between God's love as God draws near to the human heart and the human's heart's sense of inadequacy, of failure, of sinfulness, and therefore the tendency to pull back, and then how God responds to that. It's this back and forth between a God who loves and a human heart, which is unsure that it really is worthy of that kind of love, that it really can be that close to love. So that obviously Herbert is speaking about something that is very deep in, I think, in all of our hearts on some level. So he says, love bade me welcome. Yet my soul drew back, guilty of dust and sin. And there's the dynamic right there. Love bade me welcome. God invites me close, but my soul draws back, guilty of dust and sin. And this, this is right at the heart of this fourth step in the examine, because this is where we bring what is failure, or what is less than we would wish it to be, to the Lord. But God doesn't stop there. But quick-eyed love, observing me grow slack, that is backward, from my first entrance in, drew nearer to me, sweetly questioning if I lacked anything, if I needed anything. When our hearts pull away from God, God doesn't stop. He simply comes closer. And now the human heart answers, if I needed anything, a guest I answered worthy to be here, someone more worthy than I am to be close to you. Love said, you shall be he. I, the unkind, ungrateful, ah, my dear, I cannot look on thee. And now, love which has bade me welcome and then drawn nearer, now actually touches. Love took my hand and smiling did reply, Who made the eyes but I? And the human heart still resists. Truth, Lord, but I have marred them. Let my shame go where it doth deserve. And then God answers, And know you not, says love, who bore the blame? That is redemption which heals all human sinfulness and failure. 
The human heart begins to surrender, but still with reservations. My dear, then I will serve. All right, I'll be there at your meal. But I'm not ready just to simply sit and be with you. And then the final, the final injunction from God. You must sit down, says love, and taste my meat. And then this marvelous final line, so I did sit and eat. It's when the human heart surrenders to God's loving, insistent desire to be close and enters into communion with the Lord. That back and forth that Herbert describes there, God drawing close, the human heart afraid, God drawing closer, the human heart desiring to respond but still afraid, and so on, until finally the human heart surrenders in closeness to God and his redeeming love. That's that's step four in the examine. And as we pray that step four of the examine uh, repeatedly over, please God, the months and years of our life, I think what we'll find happening is that something of exactly of what Herbert describes will increasingly take place. It will become easier and easier for us to bring our need to forgiveness to the Lord and our sense and surety of the Lord's loving response of forgiveness and healing will grow more and more deeply ingrained in our hearts. Mm -hmm. Father Gallagher, in this particular step of forgiveness and knowing that we need to lift some the concern or whatever has been brought forward in our prayer up to the Father to ask for that forgiveness in that moment, is this even the place where we seek forgiveness from the one that we may have inflicted the wound upon? or that in the circumstance where we fail to do it, if it involves another person? Uh, your, your question is thinking right with Ignatius, because can you see the movement in what you've just described from, I've looked back over the day to see a place where I need to ask God's forgiveness, from that to a looking forward, and this is what I need to do for healing and reconciliation and new closeness with that particular person. Uh, with with whom that incident occurred. So at that point, uh, because you're absolutely right, the examine would be incomplete without a looking forward to what I can concretely do, where God is concretely inviting me to take new steps, in this case, in my relationship with, um, let's say, this particular member of the community or my fellow priest who made a change in his office or a family member, uh, someone in the workplace, friend, uh, a fellow parishioner in the parish, and the rest. So the examine would be necessarily involves looking forward with the Lord to plan in the Lord the steps for healing and for growth, in this case forgiveness. And that will be step five in the examine, actually. That's what we call renewal. Well, are we at that point of renewal? I'd say we are. Thus far, the examine from the present, let's suppose it's in the evening, nine o'clock in the evening, and this is the quiet time for me. And I sit quietly in my room or whatever quiet space where I find it with the Lord to pray for eight minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, my examine prayer. Thus far in the examine, in steps one through four, what I do this evening as I'm praying is to look back to look at the past, the very recent past, obviously, the hours, the preceding hours of the day, but it's still looking to the past. It's reviewing, examining, looking back over what has happened. But all of that, for Ignatius, is in view of the future. 
so that with the Lord and in the Lord I can grow. Exactly as we've been saying, so that I will see increasingly clearly what steps God is asking of me in the day that's about to begin, or the time that lies lies ahead. And this is the step that we call renewal. This is the point in which the increased insight and clarity from the preceding steps becomes a blessing for what lies ahead. And this is why, really, the examine is always, it's, it's kind of the um, cutting edge of spiritual growth. If we pray the examine, we'll never just stop still, because we will always be looking as the examine concludes toward what lies ahead. I would say, I, I think I said earlier when we talked about the first step, gratitude, that that was the first piece of the examine that opened up personally for me. I began to find it welcome as the day was ending to look back over the day and generally with a certain surprise realize just how much God had given me in the course of the day and experience in doing that a lifting of heart as the day was concluding. This fifth step, I would say for me personally, this is going to be different for every one of us, but in my own experience, I would say the fifth step was was the second of the steps that began to open up for me in a way that I really found helpful. And this was especially at one point I was stationed for about a year in a parish, and the days were busy with all the activity of parish life. Uh, and then the evening would come, and since so much of the day in that particular setting was spent in a somewhat sedentary way, meeting with people or teaching or um, liturgical things in church, I began. I found it welcome at that time to just walk outside on the drive of the parish. It was quiet in the evening. Trees were around. You could see the stars in the sky above. Traffic was remote enough because the parish grounds were fairly large that it was a peaceful setting. And I began to find it very welcome as the examine was concluding to look with the Lord toward the next day. Because we all know that as as this particular day ends in our lives, we all have some general sense of what the next day is going to bring the workplace and family and all the different things that are going to be a part of it. Not perfectly, but in some general sense, we usually have um, an idea of what's going to happen. And before it happens, the evening before it happens, together with the Lord to look at that, and to look at that in the light of what I've just seen in the preceding four steps of the examine, becomes a very beautiful thing. So that when events, this is what I found, that when the events would begin to happen the next day, Uh I would be much sharper in having a sense of where the Lord was. Because many times we'll have to make choices about how to use our time. There are these five things I need to get done. I have this small bit of time now, which really has priority. All of those kinds of things get a lot clearer um, when we pray the examine and we pray the fifth step of the examine. Well, uh, again, I'm going to use the same methodology here and uh, share some very simple personal things, experiences of praying the fifth step. This was um, a situation, in again, in community, in which I'd been away for some years and uh, out of the country, actually, and then was assigned back to this country. And the first morning of my return to this particular community, walked into the dining room for breakfast. And there were about, let's say, five other members of the community there, our priests and seminarians. And there was one empty chair at that table. And there were other tables and nobody sitting at them. But instantly as I walked into the room and saw that, and especially noticed one of the men there, what was at work here would be 
just the differences in personality. I think that uh, we all experience um, just different ways of responding to things. And some, in, it, it's always easier for us with some than it is for us with others. And this mm-hmm. was one relationship where there had been some of that kind of thing, basically a good relationship. And we'd worked together over the years. But I felt a certain sinking of my heart as I walked in there because suddenly here was the whole dynamic right back again. I'd been away for a long time and suddenly all of the emotions, all of the the memories and so on were instantly there. And the very human part of me, everything in the very human part of me just didn't want to sit at that table. Uh, As I was getting coffee and toast and, and the rest of things, very quickly the moment was coming when I was going to have to decide what I was going to do in this situation. Now, obviously, if I had just gone and sat alone at a different table, that would have been far too evident. And so I don't mm-hmm. think I ever seriously considered that. But what I actually did was this. I sat down at that empty spot on that the breakfast table, but I didn't say anything while I was there. Now, my guess would be that um, nobody else at the table, the conversation just flowed, um, even noticed my silence, but I knew what was at work in that silence, that I was still resisting simply accepting and renewing a relationship that had been difficult in some ways. And that's all there was to this as well. When I reasonably could, I simply got up and took my dishes away and that was the end of breakfast. But I knew, and there was a certain burden in my heart, I knew that I had not exercised gospel love in that situation. And I knew that I didn't want to live that way. That particular day, my examine was after lunch, and I sat in our community's small chapel, and it was very clear to me that I really needed to review this particular moment of the morning. So, step three, reviewing spiritual experience. It was also clear to me that I needed to ask the Lord's forgiveness for the way I'd responded there. And I also saw very clearly that I I didn't want to continue to live on that level that I really did want to live on a level of Christ-centered love in this particular relationship that was going to be beginning again now. And with the Lord, resolved that I would do what I could, that I really wanted to try to change that relationship. Now, that's, that's step five of the exam, and there's the renewal step. As we look back over the experience, exactly as you said, Chris, earlier, that the completeness of that will often be in seeing the concrete steps that we need to take going forward. And to complete this, I really did try to make that effort. And it it remained an effort uh, for some time, but the relationship changed and became wonderful. And I I became very, very grateful for what had happened that day. See, Chris, this is why I'm so grateful for the examine, because this is the kind of thing that it'll build into our lives and the kinds of changes that can come if we're reviewing spiritual experience day by day. Step five is a very, it's a very powerful thing, but we'll pick this up in our next conversation. Thank you so much, Father Gallagher. Oh, thank you, Chris. You've been listening to The Daily Prayer of Discernment, The Examine Prayer, with Father Timothy Gallagher. To hear and or to download this conversation, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit DiscerningHearts.com. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts in cooperation with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. 
We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax deductible, to help support our mission. But most of all, we pray that you will tell a friend about discerninghearts.com and join us next time for The Daily Prayer of Discernment, The Examine Prayer with Father Timothy Gallagher.